Everybody's working. With that time, yours. We are the champions, my friends. And we'll keep on fighting till the end. We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers, cause we the world. I thought for quite a while about how to begin a podcast the the morning after the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl and then I realized it should probably just be those last few words. Welcome to Times Ours, a podcast about the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. How does that sound, guys? How does that one come? How does that one come down the the old podcast aisle? It is. It is one of the most remarkable sports seasons that I can remember. And we started this podcast, and they haven't like they haven't lost. They just haven't like they're they're world champs for the first time in fifty years. They've vanquished everyone and. I mean, build Frank Clark a verbal statue because he just continues to destroy people. Um, yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world. And uh, whether it's power and light, your couch, your living room, people, uh, family members vi- videoing other family members crying and how they're experiencing uh, the team winning the Super Bowl. And from where I sat in the press box, fellas, um, I was assured that Damian Williams stepped out of bounds. And then I looked on the field and was like, there's no flags. There, what? Huh? And it's like, it's like the, it's like that. I can't remember the broadcaster's name, but when the Tennessee Titans had their, had their, you know, miracle kickoff return against the, the uh, Buffalo Bills in my mind, I'm just thinking like, there are no flags on the field and you're just like <laughs> i guess they're gonna win the super bowl and i'm not shocked but i'm also like surprised <laughs> 50 years it they're literally handing the trophy to clock okay i i guess me and lizzie jones will go down and try to handle the coverage as best we can but um what a, what a time to start a podcast, and, and what a time for uh, for the best season in franchise history. This is better. Um, I mean, not that we have to compare, but this is better than the 1970 season or 69-70 season. Sorry. Absolutely. But what Patrick Mahomes did, what that team did in the last nine minutes is just absurd. Yeah. I What I didn't expect from that was, was Nate crediting this podcast – with the Chiefs Super Bowl win. <laughs> that was a take I didn't see coming. And hey, world, I, worlds I, collide, my friend. You know, <laughs> the worlds are worlds are strange. The galaxy is moving in ways that we have not seen in quite some time. Yeah, <laughs> things have lined up. I mean, I it's man, 50 years. This is awesome. I I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I thought it was over. I really did. Which is stupid. I mean, I've just I've seen it too many times from Mahomes, but I just I thought he was hurt. 
I really did. He he was playing the. I mean, you know, I'll look at the film and all that. But on first glance, because I mean, he didn't just throw two picks. Both of them were not good throws. And he was trying to protect Tyreek Hill on the second pick, but the ball still sailed on him. He should have thrown a third. Which, I mean, that defender's going to be thinking about that play for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he when he when he was yeah. trying to appear, it appeared as if he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds. But, like, for whatever reason, like, the ball went just right. right to him. <laughs> oh, Quan Alexander. And I think he missed a tackle later on in the same drive. It's just like, dude, that guy's going to be thinking about that for a while. Because that could have changed some things. Or lots of things. But, I mean, I thought he was hurt. I thought, to me, it looked like, you know, that play very early in the game where uh, Ward, Jimmy Ward, took uh, Mike Florio's advice. And and's like, well, he's starting to slide, but Mike said it was okay, so I might as well try to lay him out. Which, yeah, I get it. it was a late slide. So, I mean, eh, I still didn't like it. I thought maybe Mahomes got his bell rung on that play. I mean, he was up quick. He seemed fine. But I just, he, he, he wasn't throwing the ball very accurately. He just didn't, he didn't look like himself. He was missing throws. Even like, so say like right before the big completion of Tyreek Hill, he kind of short-armed it. The one that was, you know, that yes. got challenged, yep. which was a great challenge by Shanahan. Um, but I, I thought he was hurt. And that's why I was like, you know what? It's just not this year. And so I was just sitting there. And before we started recording, uh, Josh, I was talking to Nate about this. I was just sitting there in my chair. Like, I hadn't moved, like, at all. Maybe not even blinked in, like, an entire quarter. And hmm. all I could think about was, God, there's going to be so many bad takes about Patrick uh, yes. Mahomes. I had I had the same thought so many times, and I realized like, oh, this is a bad thing for me to be worried about, but it's <laughs> I am worried about it. I am, and so I I I lost faith for a minute, or two or three, and I just I I still can't believe it. Still doesn't feel real. Um, it was just it was just such a great night, and man, it was awesome. My whole family was there. And so, yeah, it was great. I cried. That's like the opening line to the article I'm currently writing right now is like I dropped to my knees and started crying, which is always a great way to begin an article about football, honestly. <laughs> hey, man, there, there, are, there are men or I feel like there are wives, daughters, children uh, that have not seen grown men cry. But they watched football for four hours, and the tears just flowed, man. <laughs> they were, they were flowing. What a what a game! And it was almost made. A, I, man, I, I hate that I'm saying this because, man, you know what? I would have loved like a sixty to nothing Super Bowl, <laughs> just like completely stress free. But you know what? Because my wife always says this. Jazz always says this to me. She's like, "Oh, I just love close games." I'm like, "I hate them. They're not good for my heart. My heart." And she, uh. She's oh no, they're so great, and I just and she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm comfortable saying this. I I think it was a little bit sweeter for the fact that they had to come from behind. It was, it, yeah. it's like the it's like the Texans game all over again, where it's like you had to sink so low to just see how incredible the high is, and it made it better. My wife is just right about everything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at. You know, I guess it would have been seven fifty-seven Central Time. Uh, my wife Holly texted, "Okay, th- th- this is getting scary." At eight oh two, quote: "If we have the answers, now would be the time to show them." Andy, oh no, <laughs> need that duffel bag of plays right now. 
<laughs> at eight fourteen, within <laughs> within a minute of you know the ball being slightly behind Tyreek Hill and it landing into the 49ers' hands, to quote Holly Taylor, "quote It's over." Oh no, Holly! Oh no, it's over. Holly! Oh no, Holly! Oh man, did you hear that? Womp womp. That was the sound of Holly getting chucked right under the bus. There it is. <laughs> it's never over. Patrick Mahomes plays for this team. It's never over. Uh, so at uh, at eight thirty eight, yeah, at eight thirty eight, <laughs> Frank Clark, where you at? Uh, <laughs> at eight forty two, punt it, please. God, punt it. <laughs> at eight forty seven, quote: This is nuts. <laughs> so uh, that that was the train of thought from my wife uh, as she was. Trying to control whatever my son was doing in the living room, probably. I I didn't know your wife could actually voice my inner monologue. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so crazy. So I I will always say that uh you know the the turn the 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 rally really turned with with Holly was like it's over it's over <laughs> it's over. <laughs> that's when it all turned around. <laughs> that's when it turned. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Awesome. That is so funny. It was just oh, it's such a game. Like seriously. And Josh, this is probably going to be one of those days where you're just going to have to interrupt me and that's okay. It's fine. You hear my voice, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what what yeah. you saying? You saying uh your your mileage from 810 is uh they 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 give you too many <laughs> shots, you know, you need some load management. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? I might need some load management. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on, I'm on the core. I I got some minutes in me, but I I my my usage rate needs to be I need to keep an eye on it. <laughs> sure. And so well then well, so so with that in mind, there's just a couple Did things. any of the three of us sleep by the way? Have any of the no, three of us slept? I have not I... slept a single second. I had no idea that this was going to be my life when I showed up here where <laughs> me and Lindsey Jones are like, you know, chasing around the Chiefs because like they won the Super Bowl. You don't get back to like the press box until like 1.30. You start clickety clacking. Uh, okay, what, <laughs> what are you going to use? What anecdotes am I going to use? You know, Russ and Dodd is doing uh, his job with Andy Reid and trying to get, you know, some information from Tammy of all people. I mean, it's, it's, it's chaotic. And then the NFL is like, hey, guys, guess what? Um. The bus leaves at three o'clock. Um, so get your blank and get your blank on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Lindsay and Rustin, we go down on the field. I'll, I may tweet this photo later today, but like uh, I may have some, I may have secured some confetti. Uh, oh excellent. no! I, I may have secured some confetti. So if 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 people. In Kansas City, like I'm only doing this for the Kansas City metro area. If you want some confetti, like a couple pieces here and there, I may be able to like facilitate that to you. But we took some confetti because Lindsay's been doing Super Bowls for a long time now, and she's like, nobody cares, just take it. Yeah, and I'm it's like, trash. Okay. It's literally if you leave it, it's trash. It's, if you take it, it's yeah, a yeah. So you know, so I'm giving it to a bunch of college buddies and 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 friends. But like, I I grabbed way too uh-huh, much. And me, uh-huh. yes, and you, and you, and Rusted, and Rusted looked at me. The Rusted looked at me the whole time like. Are we gonna get on the bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so we. I'm just on... picturing you with like a rake and a trash bag right now. Just like, yeah, yeah, Rustin. Yeah, 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 I kind of imagine Rustin maybe reaching down, picking up one single piece, and then just sort of carefully sliding it into his pocket. The best thing about Rustin is he is such a good writer and such a good friend, and he does not change even for the Super Bowl. 
when his you know hometown team wins the championship for the first time in fifty years. Awesome. Um, it, just enduringly love him but we get on the bus and they, they take you from like here to like the hotel at 345 and then you're supposed to like you know squint your eyes and like make sense of all of this like as you took a break mentally um, and then I rewatched the game and then I rewatched the game again and then I went through some things and some stats and all of a sudden it's like 6 o'clock I should shower change my clothes and I don't understand why the NFL does this, but like Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, and Andy Reid, the head coach, talked at a press conference here at eight thirty, uh, yeah, like that's... in the morning. It doesn't make any sense. That's nonsensical. That is that, that's bizarre. Yeah, when you texted me that like, oh hey, you know we gotta wait to record because you know they got this press. I'm like, what? Why would they? There's no way those guys have slept. No, Andy Reid was like, I I watched Pitbull. At the team party, <laughs> I did not. He said I did not sleep with the trophy, but I was with my trophy wife. That being Tammy nice Reed. Um, by the way, nice. shout out well to done. shout out to Tammy Reed, who's just like, oh, we won the Super Bowl. Cool. I don't need shoes anymore because I'm gonna be out here in these toes, <laughs> walking around, doing whatever the hell I want because I've won a Super Bowl. You know, and so like she showed up to Andy Reid's post game press conference with just you know bare feet. Nicely done uh, toenails. Uh, obviously, they were red. Um, and obviously, I love Tammy Reed, and Tammy Reed knows that. So, tip um, to the confetti. Yeah, just, just oh, just mashing through it. Just like we own this place. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like, like she was on ESPN, like taking interviews, <laughs> questions last night. <laughs> it was great. I was like, Tammy needs all the all the shouts outs, all the praise, all the spotlight. But yeah, I they don't listen, kids. When you cover a Super Bowl, they don't tell you that like you're just going to be working nonstop for just about 18 hours straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 I I'm I'm going to be honest with both of you guys because you know Josh, you obviously doing radio, you had to do like all night, right? The yeah, whole I, night, yeah, till 6 a.m. Yeah, handed it over for the morning show. Yeah, <clears throat> I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. Yeah. As a film analyst, you know what my life was like. You went to bed at nine thirty. To... <laughs> yes. No. I. It was probably around one thirty or so when I finally drifted off watching the comeback. But like, because I already knew what I was going to write about, um, and and I already whatever. And and Brendan, our editor, said to me, he's like, "Yeah, we got plenty of stuff, Seth. You go ahead and maybe get something tomorrow." I'm like, "You know what? I will do that." <laughs> So I and I, I just I don't mind saying because the night before the Super Bowl I tried to sleep and then all of a sudden my eyes just whammed open and I was like oh no this again and I just guys I ate so much junk food trying to fall asleep the night before the Super Bowl like dude it was gross yeah <laughs> I um... like I was sitting there, I was like judging myself like oh, I'm hideous yeah I, I never had the uh, this is over moment in fact I had I had at least one person tweet me when they were down 10 be like it's over and I was like hey can we not do the the Chiefs are down 10 and the game is over thing anymore like can we just can that. we stop doing this because that's not how this works <laughs> um, but I, I did even with all of my confidence there I did stress eat probably about a third of any enormous cookie cake thing um <laughs> so kind of adding to just sort of my 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 body's distress was just like hey should we sleep and also maybe eat a vegetable <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at right now <laughs> where i just sort of feel i just sort of feel like every once in a while a noise happens and my my body is just like shh, 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 shh. 
no, 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 no. Shh, down here. Also, find some carrots. Please eat a carrot. Yeah, your your body's sitting there. Could you maybe take a digestive enzyme or something? Right. I'm struggling. Hey, could you? I need yeah. a vitamin. Could you, could, could you, hey, just find a vitamin. It doesn't even matter which one. We'll figure it yeah. out in here. But I, could you just get a vitamin? Yeah. This is zinc. It's probably okay. <laughs> so the way it, the way it works um, when you're covering such a large event, and it's not just me. You know, this isn't like this is not week seven, and it's just me with the team wherever the team is. So there's Lindsay, there's Rustin, there's a whole Bay Area side of the athletic that's doing their sort of coverage of the 49ers. We have uh, Sando, Mike Sando, who is looking at the larger sort of perspective from like how the league is tilting and the and the way the, the the landscape of the league is shifting, but um, you know when that interception occurs late in the third quarter, um, here was the plan, and this will tell you how quickly things change and how we as reporters have to adjust. Um, I went into the day thinking that like okay, even either the Chiefs' offense is going to anoint itself as like the next you know greatest show on turf. They're going to be this offense that is very memorable. They're going to have a better, maybe, um, perspective and ending than even the 2007 New England Patriots that went undefeated because they're going to score more points than, like, 14. Um, But when Mahomes throws the second interception, Lindsey, this was our plan. Lindsey goes, okay, a little surprising, but I think that, you know, I'm going to write about Mahomes and not the Dan Marino comparison, but that – you know, it you know, it is still hard for a young quarterback of this age to like win it all. And my perspective was my initial thought was, man, this offense was so great in the postseason, but when it did go up against a elite, you know, level defense, um, the trend still mattered that defense, you know, more more or less was more successful against a top-ranked offense. Um, even Obviously, we saw that last year with the Patriots and the Rams. So I felt, okay, I'm going to talk to all the guys on offense about what went wrong. And a lot of that was like, Nick Bosa is a destroyer of worlds. And, you know, timing was off. And all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes is forcing things. So it just it's kind of like a snowball. And all of a sudden, you're going in the wrong direction from an avalanche perspective. And third and 15... Let me drop back and kind of throw the football off my back foot. And I'll just complete a 44-yard pass when you absolutely have it. That's just soul-crushing. And thankfully, Lindsey Jones put this on Twitter as an official accounting. But I literally turned to her as everyone in the press box was, like, losing their minds. I said, do you know how many times I've seen this? And she was like, how many? I was like, all the times. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it all the times. And then you start to see the formations. And then it's like, it's like the beautiful mind opens up. And I'm telling Lindsay, oh, it's a it's a three by one. And they're singling this defender. And it's going to Travis Kelsey. Like, I, it's going there. And then there's the pass interference. And you're like, okay automatically put seven points on the board and i they wanted to put the game in jimmy jimmy garoppolo's hands i mean frank clark and chris Jones were very like very honest about that and shout out to to steve spagnolo who blitzed ben 
Neiman. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> like, when does Ben Neiman ever blitz? They're like, hey, can you just tackle somebody in space? Because you're, like, good at that. Like, we're not going to ask you to do too much. He blitzed Ben Neiman, and it worked. And so when you rewatch those last eight minutes, it is really just, like, they could not have played really any better. I mean, it's just, but, yeah, it, it usually takes one play. So in the Houston divisional round, it was the whole idea that, like, okay, that's fine. I mean, cool, but, like, Dirty Dan's going to, like, he sniffs it out. And that's that's the dumbest decision I've seen all postseason. Thanks, Bill Bill O'Brien. Uh, just to remind you. Obviously, there's the run against the Tennessee Titans that sort of suggests that, like, sure, there's a whole second half to play, but, like, we don't really need to play the second half. Um, <laughs> and then in the Super Bowl on third and fifteen. Down 10. Nick Bosa is like on you. I, I just, I can't, I just can't stress enough. The route, the fact that Patrick Mahomes, and this is in my story, the fact that Patrick Mahomes told Andy Reid, if we have, if we have to have a gotta have it pass play, this is the play I want. And then Andy Reid to sort of see third and 15, late in the, early in the fourth quarter, kind of gotta have it. All right, Pat, here's your play. And, uh, and it works. And from that moment on, uh, the San Francisco 49ers were on their heels. And they started looking at the clock. And the clock couldn't move fast enough. Um, right. And, and man, I don't know. Damian Williams, man. Like, he mm-hmm. he wasn't the MVP. But he was he was the X factor that I didn't see coming. Yeah. He was he was excellent. Um he he just he he manufactured yards and that's something that the offense has been missing a lot of this season is running backs manufacturing additional yards. My favorite play I, I put up a, a video clip on Twitter was that uh even though the drive didn't end well was uh he had a like a I don't know 12 13 yard gain where coming out of the backfield he just clocked Nick Bosa and then you know caught a little quick check down and just shook a couple tacklers. Just he he just played so well. He's such a great fit for the offense. But on the flip side of the ball, what like one thing I just can't th- quit thinking about is after Mahomes throws that second pick because he threw that pick with like twelve minutes left in the fourth, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then the Niners got a couple of first downs, and then the defense was just like, no, nope, <laughs> not like this. And like Chris Jones, what did he swat three passes in the fourth quarter? Three pass. The deflections or pass breakups, and I asked him about like, hey, how does it feel to like do that and not get a sack when like you know mostly yeah. guys of your caliber like we we just look at we just look at sacks and he's like you know he had the great quote about like sacks don't matter what matters is affecting the game and that's a play where we won, mm. um yeah yes. I mean he he was he was he was great and he was clearly healthy too I think we should also acknowledge that like. Yeah. Whatever calf issue he had earlier in the postseason was not there, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter when that rotation finally felt about right, where it's like, okay, these guys are fresh, and the 49ers are just trying to, like, you know, crawl to the finish line. Yeah, but, you know, Seth, I, I just think that – I do think that, you know, if, if Chris Jones is worth all that money, he would have gotten a sack, though. I mean, you know, if he was worth paying. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. He's no. Just not the, he's just not Let's that good against the run, either. I just – like, you should just no. admit it. Oh, my goodness. And that was the other thing I was going to say. The whole comeback, I, I tweeted this, it doesn't happen if, if if they don't step up after that second pick. And the big first play was on a first and 10 because the Niners have been running the ball, was on a first and 10 where Jones just 
just chucked his blocker aside and met the running back in the backfield along with, of course, Dirty Dan Sorensen, who, for a guy, Sorensen, you know what? Good for him. We just never saw this coming with with, with Dan. Never. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> um, but they, and so they, they, they set it up to a second and nine with Shanahan. I mean, maybe he could have run the ball again, but with Jones playing like that, it's kind of like, oh, second and nine, you can't end up in like a third and long. So he tried to throw, and then Spagnolo just, it, you see some polite golf applause. for it. He, he he called up a blitz from Hitchens, where Hitchens just Drilled lit Drilled Jimmy him. G up. I mean, he hurt him. Like, that was like, I was, it was a, it was a clean hit, but I was still worried. Like, I was like, man, you cannot hit quarterbacks that hard anymore. And uh, and then Clark got pressure on the ensuing play. It was just, it was awesome seeing it. It was such a great team effort. But yeah, I mean, it, it it's just so cool how, you know, the defense, when it's all said and done, I mean, they held a really good offense to 20 points. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yeah. mean, and they and they came up with stop after stop in the fourth quarter because including after the Chiefs touchdown, right? That doesn't matter if they don't get a stop. Yep. If they just let them run down the field and like, I mean, and then I mean, I was just like sitting there, I was like, oh man, so the Chiefs just took a lead, but the other team has the ball with two minutes to go. I've seen this movie before so many times, but it's not the same movie anymore. They're, it's not. They're it, di- they're different characters, Seth. I mean, they are. They are different characters, and I will credit Steve Spagnuolo on this idea of, like, nine defensive linemen matter mm. when you need to get effective pass rush in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. I mean, it just I, – I mean, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, um, they used Tano Passio inside a little bit too there, which was yep. effective uh, late in the game. I mean, it was, it, was, it was really impressive. And who knew that – and I had to look this up because I was like um, – I was more like, yeah, that's Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller is a guy that makes a break on the ball and, like, doesn't catch it. To be fair, Chris Jones deflected that pass when he was trying to, you know, cut underneath it. But for the season to end with, like, Kendall Fuller, who has, like, you know, a broken – he came back from a broken thumb, playing a whole different position, just just meeting the ball at its highest point. And just like, yeah, these guys are different. Like, they're not – (laughs) <laughs> they're not who who they were a year ago, and there's so much change. And I thought it was telling, and this is somewhat desperation time. But I, I want I wonder what you guys think about this. The Chiefs put their best route runner on the 49ers' best corner, and Sammy Watkins kind of cooked Richard Sherman. Yeah. He kind of cooked him. He kind of cooked him. Yeah. Like, and I mean, like, afterburners cooked. And, like, the only reason why he went out of bounds was because, like, the safety was there. Had the safety not been there, it would have gone for six. <laughs> um, but at no point in the fourth quarter, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm watching this from the press box, so I see all 22 players. At no point did Kyle Shanahan challenge Tyron Matthew. They just went wherever Tyron was. They went completely away from it. And if the first initial read wasn't there for Jimmy, um, yeah, either there was pressure or he was jittery and made it accurate throws. And so it was fascinating for me to be like, wow, Tyron Matthew doesn't have that many stats, but like he scared Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo to death um, to where George Kittle was like non-effective because like Steve Spagnuolo was like, well, I'll just. 
I'll just put Tyron on him. And, I mean, if you want to throw the ball to Debo Samuels in crunch time, go by all means, go ahead. Like, you know, it was it was wild to be like, you know, the Chiefs beat their had their best, beat their best. And that that's really what it came down to in the last eight minutes. It's like, hey, who's a better player? Nick Bosa or Eric Fisher? Well, for eight minutes, Eric Fisher won, um, like, as many of those battles as Nick Bosa did. And yep. Sammy Watkins is out here cooking Richard Sherman, and they're not challenging Tyron Matthew. And Frank Clark is getting a sack on Joe Staley. Um, I mean, all those – I mean, and look, you know, Quan Alexander, really good linebacker. And Anthony Sherman smothered him. <laughs> Just knocked him into his own teammate. He did. I mean, dog. The Super Bowl was a formation. battle of fullbacks. I'm gonna say that out a, loud. It's gonna yes. Gonna yeah, yes. that that is a weird feeling. They ran eye formation down their throat and beat them at their own game. Like they were the more effective team running the football in the second half. It is right. It is strikingly amazing that. For all the talk for 13 days about, like, hey, these are the things that we know the 49ers are better than the Chiefs at. Well, in the last eight minutes, they weren't. Like, and that's why they, they didn't win the championship. Because the Chiefs were actually better at doing the things the 49ers were supposed to be the best in the league at doing. Right. And talking about one-on-one matchups, I mean, there's, there's so many players, right? Like, I, seriously, guys, the number of... I'm going to try to get permission to do like 40 different film reviews of this game over the <laughs> offseason. Like just just one for each player. You know, one day will be Chris Jones day, one day will be Frank Clark day, one day will be Damian Williams day. And one that I'm really looking forward to is Mitch Schwartz, mm. who absolutely dominated his side of the field. Like y'all hear anything about D Ford nope. all night nope. from that side. Mm-mm. I saw him once man. or like, Eric Armstead. And that was kind of it. The, the only time he did anything and it was rare, they moved him inside on one down and that's when he got a little pressure. Yeah, late. He, I remember, I remember him but, like, chasing Patrick Mahomes at one point. That, I do remember that. Yes. Um, Schwartz maybe gave up arguably one hurry that still kind of took a while on Mahomes pick, which again, pocket movement and that kind of stuff. I mean, he just Schwartz closed out one of the strongest playoffs I think you could possibly ask for from a tackle. I mean, he just he I mean, he completely shut down that side of the the line, and it was a huge reason why Mahomes was able to run right a few times, why he was able to you know get to the edge, get first downs, or drift around, kind of look for some someone who's open. Schwartz was awesome. He was so, so good, and he deserves so much credit. And it's just, it's cool watching, like, some of his, uh, some of his, uh, some of his teammates and former teammates giving him credit. Like, like, have you guys seen Jeff Allen's feed, just on a side note? <laughs> yeah. Jeff Allen is like, well, first of all, like, before, <laughs> before the Super Bowl, he found out that he was going to get the Super Bowl bonus. <laughs> he, like, found out via Twitter. He, like, so, I, I think it was, uh, uh. Joel Corey, I don't know who it was, that like talked about if you play at least four games, you get the Super Bowl bonus. And Jeff Allen quoted that like, oh, word. <laughs> word? Like, Do like, they, they they still got my routing information, right? My my, my check account number? Yeah, they, they still I got that, you, right? That's on I file? You made a phone call. <laughs> like, hey, I wouldn't mind that money. But I mean, he was celebrating like crazy. And it was so much fun. And then he actually, because, you know, he's kind of done this whole, like, Jeff Stadramas uh, <laughs> bit. And he's, I mean, he's been right he has been about right. everything. Yep. 
and then he posted kind of some stuff that uh, about why he he was he never ended up resigning with the Chiefs down the stretch and that kind of thing. And he had it was something that he'd clearly prepped back in October. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, man, I'm going to be celebrating when they win the Super Bowl. I was like, ooh, Jeff Allen, good for you. And I also just, I also actually, as we talked about Jeff Allen, I'm looking at his Twitter feed. And Jeff Allen is now trolling Troy Aikman. So that's fun. <laughs> that's that's a thing that's happening now, too. Should... So good on you, Jeff Allen. You're doing, he's doing everything right. He's living his best Never life. Never heard of One, that person. Two, Who's he talking to? Two. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Did it take well, 31 minutes for Troy Aikman's name to come up in this Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I just want to, if we got to build Mitchell Schwartz's Hall of Fame resume, which, by the way, quietly on the right path yes. to Hall of Fame level. Um, yes. This is from uh, Pro Football Focus. Um, Mitchell Schwartz, in a three-postseason game stretch, uh, allowed two hurries. Not a sack, not a quarterback hit. It's not bad, guys. Two hurries. Not a bad two. resume for this Two stretch, two. I think JJ Watt was on the field for one of those games. I yeah. think Nick Bosa was on the field. For one of them. like yeah. the the Forty Nineers were like, yeah, Nick, you got to rush from the left side only because like, no, eh, no, nah, nah, doc, this ain't it. Sorry, D. <laughs> like, he he the defensive player rookie of the year, dog. Like he he really good. Hey man, just just try to see if you can get past Mitch. And Mitch is like, you you no no no, you stay right here. You, no no no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> sir sir. I'm going to need you to stay right here, sir. Stop resisting. No, it was... Okay. And yes, Danielle, that was an excellent question you just posed. It did take 31 minutes for Mr. Aikman's name to come All right. Troy Aikman. All right. Look. Now, Nate, I think people maybe followed along a little bit on Twitter. Yep. You got a chance to talk to Joe. Yes. But not Troy. So here's what happens. I reached out to some executives at Fox sports um particularly uh kind of head of their public relations staff and i just said hey i missed troy on tuesday can we make it happen can i come to his domain and they were like yeah sure because we understand the publicity and everything that's gone on uh with troy and and the athletic cadence of city (laughs) and uh (laughs) yes we were just hours away from patrick mahomes getting 33.333 repeating of course um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> percentage <laughs> percentage <laughs> percentage of uh of his Super Bowl rings. So We're doing a Leroy Jenkins bit. <laughs> Never forget kids. So here's what happened. It's around so the so kickoff here was at 638, I believe. So around four o'clock, um I went over and I said, Hey, uh have you seen have you seen Troy? And they were like, Well, you know, he's kinda he's doing the pregame show at like the, the fan pavilion, but he's gonna he's gonna like golf cart his way up here, and he should be here at like you know four thirty four thirty five. Um, at four fifteen, Joe Buck walks in, and it's like, hey Joe, and he's like, hey, <laughs> like <laughs> is uh Troy right behind you? And he's like, oh no no no, he he he, you know, he was doing some other things. I think he was talking to some of the other uh, NFL one hundred guys, but like just hang out. And so, by the way, when, like, Joe Buck tells you to just hang out, it's like... You get to hang out. It's like, what? I just imagine you immediately putting your feet up on something. <laughs> sure, Joe. So, so, think about this. So, we're talking about his father, of course, in Super Bowl Four, And, you know, I am a professional, so I'm not trying to take any pictures or, like, make this too big of a deal. But, like, I'm talking to him as he's getting makeup put on. Like, this is very lovely lady who's, like... 
oh, the weather's so nice, and like I can't wait to watch the Super Bowl. And what do you think about Mahomes? I'm like, what do you think about Mahomes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she like powders his face, and she does a great job. And at one point, they're like, well, Mike Pereira is going to come in, and he's going to get makeup next. Do you want to see Troy set up? To which they like let me see Troy's index cards, his player information. They showed me some of the video boards. So like when Damian Williams' touchdown run was like under review, I kind of already saw the process where they're like, no, they're going to take these two clips. Here's the camera angle. We've got that camera from the pylon. They're going to motion that here. And when we come back from commercial break, that allows Mike Pierre to sort of, you know, dictate the, the you know, sort of the way he sort of sees how the play is going to go. Then Joe is like seamlessly going to go in and out of it. And, and it's just really fun. It's like I took photos from the broadcast booth of Super Bowl 54 because I wanted to talk to Troy Aikman to say thanks for the publicity but like sorry but right. like yeah. are we good are you like are you we really are, blew I'm this not, up Troy. I mean, I'm you not made this sorry a thing. you know that right I mean, okay I am Josh Briscoe but I'm not really Josh Briscoe <laughs> if you were on Twitter which we know you do search your name on Twitter which look man you you're not the only one out here doing this like Plenty of people do this. Like Frank Clark tweets, like searches his name on Twitter. He has told me this. So like, no, no worries, man. I just want to shake your hand and say thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. To which he got to the field or he got to the stadium and then he went on the field. And then I saw him talk to like a bunch of players. Um, and it, it occurred to me that I guess their their full, full pregame show was like five o'clock Eastern time. So like an hour and a half before kickoff. And like, I actually have work to do. And like, I had, I did like eat. And so they were like, well, we would love for you to come back, but, like, it's probably not going to happen. Um, did he catch wind of it? That is the mystery, kids. Did someone signal down to Troy, <laughs> hang out and on the stay, field? Not like it's the, the, field, the, not like it's the Super Bowl or anything. Not like, you know, you may want to <laughs> get a nugget here or there from Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan or, like, you know, Robert Sala or Eric Vietnamese. Yeah. I mean, he talked to all these people. Like, not like you want to get an idea of how the referees are going to maybe handle, you know, some pass interference, you know, situations, which, you know, ticky-tack, but whatever. It benefits the Chiefs. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how, how are they going to handle holding if Bosa's, like, doing, you know. So, like, he has a job to do, and I obviously respect that and enjoy it. And I did not see him in person. Um, I guess I'll have to wait till the combine, but it, it was, it was fun to like meet the, like the top executives of Fox Sports and be like, hi, I'm Nate Taylor. And they're like, oh, you're that. Oh, that, that. Oh, yeah. oh, that was so funny. And it was like, yeah, like, it's like, who could have thought we'd be here? Well, Josh Briscoe kind of knew, but that's a whole <laughs> yeah, different, <laughs> that's a whole different situation. Well, listen, so they, listen, so at, they liked at the it. combine, at the combine, you actually will be allowed to talk to him because Mahomes will have 33% of the rings <laughs> at that point. He didn't, whenever yeah. you were on the surge Nobody, today, yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's like, you, you, you kind of plan this, but it's like, hey man, it's a Super Bowl. Like people at Fox Sports, you know, kind of want to get this done right. Cause like bunch of money on the line like sure plenty yes. of eyeballs watching it yeah. make sure everything's yeah. technically sound why do we have some random sports writer from kansas city in the <laughs> yeah. in the broadcast booth but they were so they were so cool and chill about it and everybody loved the whole idea that like um yeah i just i just wanted to come say hi and to say like how 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 prophetic josh briscoe is <laughs> yeah i love that they loved that like see that's the thing like i i would assume i would bet you anything 
had he been in there, he probably would have laughed. Oh, of course, yeah. Because it's a funny thing. Because, like, that's one of those things. You fire off a tweet. You're like, ah, talk to me when you whatever. I am pretty sure he said it with that kind of tone. And so then it, of course, blew up into this ridiculous thing. But it is, I'll tell you, though. You want to talk about, like, narratives and that kind of thing? That's what I was sitting there stewing when they were losing, just thinking that's going to be the narrative about him. He's not a winner. We did it to Manning, did it to Marino, doing it to all kinds of places. People even <laughs> do it to Rodgers now because he's only won one. It's like, that. that's our society. We just love to tear people down. And make no mistake, Chiefs fans, by the way, the Mahomes backlash is coming. Everyone loves him right now. Well, except Patriots fans. They 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 don't. And 49ers <laughs> fan because he's kind of beaten them twice. And yeah, yeah, 49ers fans not a huge fan. But I I would just say that the backlash on Mahomes is coming, and like the minute the Chiefs don't win at all, like if they don't win at all next year, it's gonna be the whole. I mean, it, I'm telling you, the backlash is coming because he's he's already he's got like 20 endorsements already. <laughs> And he's about to get like twenty more. <laughs> like he is <laughs> well, going he, to be he's everywhere. Going to, he's going to Disney World, so kids are going to see this dude everywhere. Yes, you, you're going to see the jerseys are po- going to pop up even more everywhere. He is. You are looking at the new face of the NFL. Tom Brady can do as many Hulu commercials as he wants, indicating that he's not going anywhere. And which, by the way, <laughs> look, I thought that was awesome. I'm not gonna lie, Tom really? Brady. That's used, an upset. Tom Brady using a Hulu commercial to be like, "Oh me, I'm not going anywhere." I was like, "You know what? Well done, Tom. Well done. Way to make it about you. Way to, you know what? Well, well played." But anyway, I, that's what I couldn't get past is that whole, you know. And, and again, it was just a, a throwaway comment by Troy on Twitter that just blew up because that's the age we live in. But I knew that was the narrative was going to be about Mahomes, and then of course, the the best seven minutes of football that I've ever watched. And, man, I'm not going to get choked up again, I promise. But it was just it was just awesome. It was just such a great night. And I just, I cannot believe that Fox let you just hang out in the booth. Joe Buck sounds like an awesome guy. Like, he- Yeah, I, I, know, I know people in Kansas City kind of like have a, you know, love-hate relationship with him because, you know, he is from St. Louis, and mm. I, I believe me, I, I I understand that. Or his, you know, most of his lineage is St. Louis uh, from his father. He did kind of, you know, sports orgasm when it came to, to Madison Bumgarner, but, like, he had one of the greatest performances in World Series history. What do you want, what do you want him to do? Great. Now and Joe then, Buck's on our ass. This is perfect. Yeah, Love this. Yeah, and then, and now, you know. The whole, the whole broadcast booth's going to take us down. <laughs> and now, and now. <laughs> No, well, I was just gonna say, and now you know he had he obviously was the voice of the 2015 Royals uh, in all their comebacks, and now he is the voice of the Chiefs' uh, first Super Bowl since his father broadcast his Super Bowl four. I mean, I think, um, I think for the common fan who you know has a love hate relationship with with broadcasters because like you know you do hear their voice quite often. Um, really good dude. Like appreciated my time with him was very nice, um, you know, and you could tell he was excited about this game, just like any any other fan would be, and wanting to do it right and kind of showing, you know, here's our process along with some, you know, along with some other executives in the in the room. And it's not the biggest room. It's, you know, it's it's a decent size, but they've got all it marked off and, you know, um, and when I rewatched the game last night, there's a better, I guess for me, because, you know, of the experience, there's a better appreciation for, what goes on and the fact that he didn't 
go too over the top. Um, he kind of he kind of made it a little more Pat Summerall ish in some ways um, until it was clearly like okay now they're you know here comes the the Gatorade here comes the you know the confetti and 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 whatnot. But um, yeah, a real a real good dude in the circumstances of like this is sports. This is supposed to be fun, and if you see Troy Aikman, I kind of want to be there to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so just one thing, you know, just one thing to add to that, if I could. Um, Patrick Mahomes now has forty six percent of Troy Aikman's career regular season passing touchdowns. Um, I, knew this was, I knew this was coming. Just so everybody knows that forty six percent of his touchdowns and thirty three percent of his Super Bowl rings, so he can yeah. talk about it. Yeah, in, let's see, uh, Aikman played 165 games, Mahomes 31, so that's less, I think. I'm not, math's not my best, but I'm pretty sure that's significantly less, and I think, I'm I'm just reading numbers, friends. You know, last time I read numbers, it ended up being a whole thing, but I just, I'm just, we're now, 46%. The, now, now the, the question is whether Danielle will clip this so that. Danielle, I swear to God. Yeah, yeah, if you clip I don't. This. Danielle, I brought find, it up. Clip Danielle, me, find anything. anything else. Find anything else. You know what? Here, clip this instead, Danielle. Uh, Nate, you just said the phrase "sports orgasm." Let's talk about Roman. If <laughs> if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? What would you say, Nate? A week, maybe? You know, you've asked me this before, and I'm shockingly wrong every time. But I, I don't know. I'll say ten days. Uh, Seth, what would you say? How, how many? How long do you think most people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor? Oh, man, if it's anything under 10 years, I'll be shocked. Well, it's 29 days, my friends. You are both so wrong in bad, wrong directions. <laughs> 29 days. You have to wait to see a doctor in ma- most major U.S. cities. Also, I understand it'd be different for you, Seth, because you basically live in a cave in Minnesota. So we're talking about a month. And, and listen, if, you're, if, you are, if you are, the copy says dealing with, with a condition like erectile dysfunction, I will say if you haven't gotten to visit Rock Hard Stadium, you want treatment ASAP. So rock hard. So rock hard. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Nate. Let that one sit there for a second. So listen, we've got, we've got a solution. And no, you can't prescribe Super Bowl victories. I don't, I don't know if that maybe, if that maybe, you know, Stops the problem for a short period of time, but our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect can, that can connect you. I'm choked up with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. You, listen, you can rewatch the Super Bowl over and over, but if you know if if it's if it's June. And that's not working anymore. Why don't you try Roman? In fact, don't wait till June. Just do it now. You can do it whenever you want. It's convenient to get treatment, the treatment you need on your schedule. You can just get your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from U.S. licensed physicians within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment's right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you free with free two-day shipping. You can also get uh, free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, and you are just like, you just think it's cool. You're just like, no, 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 this is fine. This is my life now. I love erectile dysfunction. I'm so glad that it's a part of my life. Uh, if you would like to leave that section of your life behind you, you can go to GetRoman.com time for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. My friends, I don't, I don't know why everyone's not out here trying to handle their business. I'm a little confused at this point. You know, when you handle your business... Sometimes they hand you trophies. Sometimes they hand you trophies. (laughs) Nate, that's such a good point. 
When you handle your business, sometimes they hand you trophies. I have no words. You want to get on this the, one, Seth? I have no words for the privilege that it is listening to you guys do these ads. Nobody does it better. I I can't. What would what I? What are your what thoughts on I, erectile dysfunction? Uh, you you for or against? <laughs> well, look, I look look. Apparently, it's my it's our legacy, Josh. I mean, I feel like it's we our have legacy. To I actually our standards. Okay, so they had a Roman ad really early in the Super Bowl. And I made my entire family super uncomfortable because I was like, you know what, Josh, Nate, and I, we would have done such a better job on that ad. And like the joke, like my dad listens to the podcast, but no one else does. And so everyone just kind of looks at me and I wanted to die for just a second. I was like, golly, I feel like an idiot right now. And so I would just say I'm very anti-erectile dysfunction. Bold. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> as, as a guy with approximately, I haven't counted today, 67 kids. I'm very anti. Yeah, it seems about so right. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking a strong platform on that. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to say I'm a single issue voter. <laughs> and I'm strongly anti erectile dysfunction. <laughs> so visit Rock Hard Stadium and go to GetRoman.com slash time for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash time i'd like to personally thank roman for apparently never listening to these because we've never heard from them and i just feel like i just feel like their marketing team either loves this bleep or hates it. it's like amazon before erectile dysfunction that's exactly right yeah Uh, and i I will say this hold on nate excuse me nate sorry i'm sorry to cut you off okay amadong (laughs) go ahead nate look I'm not I'm not sure what you're chasing, what your trophy is, <laughs> what you're playing for. But if you just handle your business day after day after day, if you just handle the business of today, if you take care of today so that you can get to tomorrow's business, and guess what? If you handle that business, you may get more business. And if you handle that business, then you may get to the ultimate prize. And whatever trophy that is, go out there and go win it. Handle your business. Handle your business. All right. There it is. There's the read. So now what, guys? Listen, I, I will. I, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to ask you what you want to talk about. I've got a thing that I just wanted to highlight. You, you guys have touched on it on some level already. But the thing that, that blows my mind more than anything from the fact that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, which, you know, in and of itself, not bad, uh, is that you, you mentioned that, that that Patrick Mahomes interception came with, with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And and it was bad. Like, it was a bad time. They were down 10 late. I understand people who said it felt different than the, uh, than the other uh, deficits from earlier in the playoffs. Because I was sitting there thinking, like, man, I, I, right now it feels like this is going to be one of those games where we say, man, if there would have just been a fifth quarter. If there had been a fifth quarter, the Chiefs would have won this game. But I just I, I felt like I was seeing the the end of the train tracks and was wondering if the, if the Chiefs were going to run out of them. And in like six minutes, it was over. Like it was it was unbelievable, and it was both sides of the ball. And that was sort of the thing that I wanted to draw a little bit of attention to. I don't know if this is players or if this is coaching. I'm really guessing that this is both. But both sides of the ball were were playing a. Oh, they were having a rough time. Like it wasn't apocalyptic. Obviously, the, the the defense didn't give up thirty points in three quarters. It was twenty, but it, it felt like the Niners were having success pretty much whenever they wanted and like largely where they wanted. 
dudes were just running open 12 yards downfield and Garoppolo hit those. They, they were getting decent uh, movement on the ground. It wasn't, it wasn't quite the Packers run defense, but they were moving it. And around that point of that second Mahomes pick, the, the defense comes out, forces a punt, and everyone's like, all right, maybe, touchdown, forces a punt, touchdown, turnover on downs, touchdown, interception, that's it. The game's over. Neither neither side, after that interception, neither unit had anything other than a perfectly ideal end to their next drive. And that's an unbelievable thing to see that totally turn around that way. It's it's a tidal wave. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like it is a tsunami that like you just you are so afraid of it. And when I rewatch the game and I would encourage anybody uh, who has the time. Look at Kyle Shanahan's face when they punt the ball the first time. Because mm. it, it feels like he kind of knows, like, oh, man. Or, or, like, or maybe his thought was, like, we needed at least two more first downs to take at least two and a half more minutes off the clock. Because now I'm putting the ball back to them with, like, eight minutes. Like, you can just <laughs> see it internally in his mind go, I mean, we can't hold these dudes forever, right? And then they just they just explode. And so – Chris Jones has now deemed the Chiefs the 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 you know I'm sure he's heard it uh, elsewhere before Sunday, but he's deemed them the the Golden State Warriors of football. And yeah. clearly, Patrick Mahomes is Steph Curry. I don't know if that makes Chris Jones Draymond Green, but like whatever. Like, but when the when the Warriors Seth, were- Seth the Golden State Warriors are a professional basketball <laughs> team. Uh huh. Um, they won a lot, and they kind of did this thing for a sure. while. They're kind of hurt right now. It doesn't really uh-huh. matter. But they did this thing where, like, they could be down by, like, any amount of uh-huh. points, and then seven seconds later they're up by 14. Basketball is the game with the with the round orange oh, ball. Oh, I can get you, buckets, Josh. Bounce, I can get buckets. You bounce up and down. Don't. Sure. Let's not okay. do this. Let I can get okay. buckets. I just didn't realize there was a professional league. I I just assumed the only the, <laughs> hashtag get buckets. Anytime, that's right. Hashtag Seth gets buckets. Believe me, you teenagers are constantly surprised at how fast I am when we play, which is insulting, but it's important right now. Anyway, I just didn't realize there was a professional league because I just I've never seen anyone actually play hard after college, and so I assumed those guys Good. I saw there were it is. actually. All right. You know what? Everybody, everybody, hey, if you're wondering right now, hey, should I get into Seth's mentions on that? You Clear should, out. actually. Clear yeah, out. go ahead. Get in there. I'm not going <laughs> to. You, you go for it. Uh, uh, just on a side but, note, you mentioned Chris Jones, and I, you know, Josh, I cut you off, and I apologize, but I'm going to keep going. So I'm sorry, not that's, sorry. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yep. So this is, well, I don't know what episode of the show we're on, but I, I understand. Sure. Sure. So Chris Jones, like, all, the I know my week teammates. leading up to the Super he was like pretty reserved in interviews i noticed that like he was i mean he said a lot because he's chris jones but he said it all pretty calmly and was very like it was just it was a little weird right he's normally super jovial and super like gregarious Mm -hmm. and he was just a lot more like he was dialed in and i just watched the the interview after the super bowl where he's like sitting on a table and he's just like Ah, like it's just all coming out now <laughs> and it's just awesome you know because he fired off a tweet like i want to stay in kansas city for 10 years like you know his agent was like oh chris no <laughs> leverage out the uh, window chris. chris we had him at that. 20 we had him what are you doing chris <laughs> uh, so that was just great to see um 
But yeah, that was just on a side note. And yes, he's absolutely. Well, I don't know. He can't be green if Frank Clark is Draymond Green, right? Because and 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 those two actually have a, a pretty good friendship, uh, Frank Clark and, and Draymond Green. But I, I don't know. You know, maybe. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to consider this uh, at a later time. But he really thinks that the Golden State Warriors, and they kind of were. Where it's like, yeah. hey, not to say that the 49ers have like a LeBron James on the other side, but like. I mean, even LeBron James got all these threes banged on his head over and over. <laughs> right. <laughs> For four that was, and a half straight years. <laughs> that was one of the narratives that was driving me crazy is that leading up to the game, it felt like a lot of people were talking about how, like, the Chiefs were were the the, the LeBron Cavs. Just, they had LeBron and then just a bunch of guys holding on for dear life. And they were going up against the Warriors. And the the Chiefs are the Warriors and also LeBron. <laughs> like, yeah, they're they, like if the Warriors they, traded for LeBron midseason. It's like, come on. Well, listen, hey, Seth. I, listen, hey, we'll, we can talk about it. I'll, I I'll just talk wanted to, to belong okay, a little I just, bit. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to fit in. But they really they remind me of Golden State. It really is. like it's just and, and, and again, like again, for the the point to make about the defense, they were perfect yep. when they need they needed to be perfect, and they were perfect. And that's incredible. Yep, I love it. I mean, and look, look, and it's not like, hey, Kyle, what what are you doing? No, no! <laughs> strip sack fumble. Oh my god, it's the greatest quarterback on the other side of the field. He didn't do he, he didn't do one of those, so like right. I respect him, but that's more on that's more on Jimmy Garoppolo than than Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, especially rewatching the game where it's like if it when it got to butt tightening time. If that that initial receiver wasn't open, whoo! But tightening time. Did you see? Who knew where did that you ball see? Was going? Did you see Frank Clark's interview on the field? <laughs> no, he I referenced not. Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's about what you think. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't impressed. He was just like, and Travis Kelsey's in the background, just like, whoa, but also nodding. <laughs> and Clark is just like, hey, he couldn't get it done. Yeah, he threw for like 200 yards, but he couldn't get it done when it counted. It was all checkdowns, and that ain't yep. going to beat us. And I'm like, Frank, you do you, man. That guy, man, he doesn't. So, he, I mean, he's he, he is green. He is green because he does not stop talking ever. No, he doesn't. I mean, he told the PR staff, I mean, we we going to vibe. I'm going to start cussing, <laughs> and we're going to vibe because I'm a champion. You can't tell me nothing. <laughs> the fact that, like, <laughs> dude, like, well, Frank, the contract kind of stipulates that nobody can tell you anything. But, like, sure, dog, no one can really tell you anything now that you're a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, he just – like he was poised, and when he's on plan and on and on schedule, like very effective quarterback. Absolutely. He's one of the best quarterbacks at throwing in the intermediate zone, particularly on crossing routes or field. on yep. corner routes. Yep. And so they really gashed them at certain times when it's like, man, the Chiefs know it's play action, and they still can't stop it. Um, but once it got to you know, gotta have it. Like, hey, Jimmy, gotta have it. And the one play that will drive 49ers fans crazy and the play that, like, didn't give me a heart attack, but, like, it 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 it, it, it amazed me that of all the players Emmanuel Sanders got behind both Rashad Fitton and, and Kendall Fuller. Because, again, they went away from Tyron Matthew. And if Jimmy Garoppolo just puts less air on it 
and yeah. maybe a little bit more of a touch. That is yeah. a touchdown, and now you're forcing Patrick Mahomes to be even more perfect with yep. less than two minutes to go um, to either, you know, get a get a field goal to force overtime or to, you know, try to win it out. And so it was – that's the play. Because Kyle Shanahan, I felt like, called enough good plays for them to move the football. Yep. It's just the quarterback didn't execute the way you would want with the understanding that the offensive line was starting to get mangled by the Chiefs' defensive line because once the Chiefs' defensive line knew that, like, there is no there is no window dressing. There's no play action to this. You you just gonna have to drop back and sling it. Like I'm coming after you. Um, so it was a failure mostly of the players and not the coach, in my opinion. Yeah, it's crazy how the quarterback ended up mattering like that. That's wild. You can't believe anybody. <laughs> so I, seen that kind I, of... I know we got to wrap it up pretty quick. Um, and so yeah, I mean we we really we need to wrap it up for you mostly. But that but if you've got something, I mean that's man, cool. Y- you know. <laughs> the number of times that i'm just like derailed completely well no i mean like but yeah we have to wrap it up because you said you wanted to get out of here 10 minutes ago and so i was gonna go ahead and hop out on that but like no if you i'm just making sure you know what time it is and that you you can manage the clock better than kyle shanahan what who said that you know i do feel for shanahan oh my god how do we how we not mention clock management and we've gone an hour you know andy reed is andy reed just blows clock management's mind and he's just like you don't have to worry about the clock when you have Anthony Hitchens blowing dudes up. Yes. Don't have to worry and about that. We have we didn't mention it for an hour because it's also not our strength, Yeah, obviously. yeah, clock management is not our strength also. <laughs> and interestingly enough, there were a couple of those plays where Jones knocked down the throws that I think those would have been first downs over the middle of the field. And there, there's mm. one there's there's one to Kittle where I believe Bashad Breeland is the one. Like, they motioned him away from Tyron yep. to get to Bashad Breeland, and he is open for a first down. And Chris Jones... With his six foot six frame and those two gigantic hands, yeah, bats the ball. Yeah, that was man, that was awesome. Like, yeah, that's definitely something I'm going to write about. Um, he deserves a standalone article. But I was just going to note something. Like, I just saw the uh, the the tape or whatever the replay of Watkins just roasting Sherman deep on a gotta have a play, one of the biggest plays of the game, easily the biggest play of Sammy Watkins' career. Right? I mean, yep. when you consider the competition, you just everything. What a great play. If you're Brett Veach, and we were saying this after the AFC Championship, but now you just got done with a Super Bowl where let's we'll even leave Mahomes out of it because most people credit Veach, but they also credit Dorsey to an extent too. You know what I mean? So Mahomes is, is yeah, Veach's baby yeah, right. to an extent. But then you also take a look at like who the biggest players were, and you got like Damian Williams, Sammy Watkins, Anthony Hitchens like blew some folks up in big moments. So did Damian Wilson. And yes, the run defense struggled at times, but that was more Shanahan just being awesome at scheming. Like, it, yeah, right. It was right. good stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason they had to use a bunch of reverses and flips to the to the receivers, all kinds of crazy the stuff. Samuel. Because yeah. their regular run game was not working. It was not. Mike Pinnell was making plays. Sammy Watkins made plays. Tyron Matthew made plays. Like, this was like the Brett Veach extravaganza. And if if I... Look, Brett Veach, for the next... I'm going to go with two years, is above reproach. <laughs> And now I probably don't mean that because let's face it, we, we that's yeah, not I don't know, man. October, you're gonna be like, what is Brett yeah, doing? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, this lasts until they don't re-sign Chris Jones, and then I riot. So, I mean, <laughs> if they don't, I think 
And then part of the logic for not re-signing Chris Jones is like, well, Breland Speaks really is. Yeah, yeah, if I hear that, like, then I'm just. But even then, I'll be like, okay, I'll see. I'll give it one game, one snap. I'll give it one snap. (laughs) And Speaks better blow someone up on that snap. But, I mean, Veach should just be able to strut around Kansas City at this point, like, walk into restaurants and be like, all right, who wants the privilege of paying for my meal. Who wants it? <laughs> and you know what? I That's actually what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't work that often. Well, I mean, it does I'm when you're surprised. with me. But... <laughs> but it used to. It used to, and then it stopped. Well, working. yeah. Well, I mean, you Stuff. got this big-time gig here. And so I was like, well, man, John, you need right. to start buying me food. Um... And now, 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 Troy Aikman essentially buys my food. It doesn't... It's not a one-to-one <laughs> kind of thing, but... But anyway, <laughs> Veach... Awesome stuff. And I know we'll talk about all sorts of things, you know, as the, the weeks go by. Obviously, we're not going to be done talking about it, But that was my big takeaway. Is like, Because some of these moves, like the Sammy Watkins move, you know, I don't think it's worked out quite how they envisioned. But maybe this is how they envisioned. They were like, you know, Watkins might not, you know, he might not be able to eat all the time in this offense. But when push comes to shove, he mattered in these playoffs like a lot. Yep. And that yep. that makes the season's investments alone worth it. Now we'll see if the Chiefs are willing to restructure something with him because he is not sticking around on a $21 million cap hit, guys. That's not happening. But good for him. I mean, he made it. He mattered. He was huge in this game. And Hitchens came up with some huge plays. Just awesome for Brett Veach. Um, Sammy Watkins, five receptions, 98 yards. That's 19.6 average reception. His long was the 38-yard pass. That was the only real highlight in terms of deep yardage in the first half. And he caught five of his six targets, and he cooked um, Richard Sherman, who is, by the way, a Hall of Fame cornerback. Yeah. It's a good time. It was a good time. The, uh, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and it was fun. That, there we go. That's there's my analysis. Uh, we we are over time. I imagine the forgiveness will be heaped down uh, for going a few minutes long on a show where we we didn't even talk about the Chiefs doing like a little group boy band pirouette thing before an incredible short yardage. Like I just there's so much that we haven't talked about here today, uh, and there's a parade now. On Wednesday, so um, I, I'm not 100 percent sure what our what our off season schedule is going to look like, but rest assured, we will uh, have a lot. I'm sure coming out on the Athletic over the course of this next week, and uh, we will have another podcast soon. I feel comfortable saying soon. Uh, and with that, uh, Nate, I don't know how you're going to wrap up a Super Bowl winning edition of Times Ours, but I welcome you to try. Yeah, so let's get real sentimental. Let's get right in the heart. Um, Last year, I was fortunate enough to just keep walking around this guy and talking to him and understanding that, you know, everybody at their job matters, and I think we should all try to understand that. Um, No matter what you do or where you are in stature or how long you've been there, like, everyone pretty much matters at their job. Um, And so the – the person that I did not see just because like it's so chaotic and it's the first game I've ever since I've covered the team, not seen him after the game um, is Alan Wright, the longtime equipment director for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the longest tenured employee for the team um, outside of like the Hunt family. 
Um, so Alan Wright for 36 years has changed all the sneakers and refixed all the shoulder pads and gone through helmets and face masks and um, has built a lasting bond with guys like Tony Gonzalez. And I was fortunate enough to interview him. Yes, they had the issue in New England. (laughs) 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 Um, But, you know, Alan's never played the game. Um, And so I feel like Alan is this great connector between, obviously, me, our readers, our listeners, and him understanding what it takes to, obviously, uh, get to his first Super Bowl in his career and for them to win it. So um, I've talked to Alan quite a bit. um, And I'm just, like, I know people are happy for Andy, and that is obvious. um, But... Alan Wright has literally seen everything for the last 36 years. And so I was, um, in my mind, I was kind of like, man, like you're like, Alan is always working for somebody else in service of somebody else. And to know that like he is a Super Bowl champion, um, it's, it's pretty special. I mean, he came from Sugarwater, Missouri or Sugar Creek, Missouri, excuse me. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know when I'll see him again. It may be OTAs. It may be, you know, God knows when. It might be the parade, honestly. But I know his family. I know his wife uh, a little bit, Lisa. And so um, I'm just I'm, – I'm happy for them just because I remember talking to J.J. Burden and Tony Gonzalez and the whole idea of, like, we want him to get a ring just because he is our he, – he is their – He's the only guy in the locker room that doesn't leave. Like, everybody comes and goes at some point, but, like, he carries on all of this rich history of pretty good teams who never got there. And to see that he actually saw it come to fruition, that he actually held the Lombardi Trophy, that he actually kissed it alongside um, all the players, I think I think for me that's what hit me in a much deeper sentimental way than just, like, observing how everybody else responded to it. So, um, for one of the least recognized guys in the franchise, um, Alan Wright is a Super Bowl champion. And, um, yeah, didn't know that that was going to be the case when I first met him in, like, training camp two years ago. And didn't, and obviously didn't know that, like, um, we would we would build a, a quite a rapport with the understanding that, like, hey, the, the, the Chiefs are world champions. And, like, everybody in that, in that office is gonna gonna ring, including the guy that's been there the longest. That's cool, Nate. It wasn't really funny, but it was pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> we kind of wasted. I mean, I kind of unclipped the uh, Troy Aikman stuff, and that's really all I have for comedic purposes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Get off our jocks, all right? Go to go to the parade on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to Times Ours this season.